If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, friends. Welcome along to Runners Only with Dom Harvey, episode 14. Today on the show, Cam Calcoon. He's a Paralympic sprinter. He's a motivational speaker. He's a mountain climber. And he's done it all with cerebral palsy. I don't just have one dream, I have a hundred dreams. Mm. Like, we have so much more potential in us to achieve so much more than we currently know. Um, can you do me a favour? Wherever you get your podcast from, um, could you follow or subscribe? Hit the follow button or the subscribe button. I don't know what it does, um, but I've heard people say that on other podcasts, so it must do something. So that would be much appreciated if you do that. Massive, massive thanks to the sponsors of this week's podcast, Livestream, New Zealand's leading and most trusted brand of spirulina. Livestream have been doing this in New Zealand for over 40 years. In fact, they were the first people to bring spirulina to New Zealand back in 1980, so they know what they're doing. Um, Their pills are easy to absorb and digest, fitting in perfectly with the active Kiwi lifestyle. Um, When I got talking with Livestream about a month ago about getting on the podcast, they gave me some of their um, spirulina, and I've been popping six pills a day ever since. It's great. They source only premium quality spirulina that's been grown far away from pollution in pure mineral rich water. So you know that what you're putting in your body are quality ingredients. Crucial if you're starting out with running or you already have a rigorous training program. It naturally contains at least 60% protein. That's a hell of a lot. It's also super rich in nutrients and antioxidants. That's why it's called a superfood. That's a great support to supercharge energy. And today I'm offering you guys a special 15% discount of all Livestream Spirulina products. Simply head to livestream.co.nz and use the code DOM15 when you check out. That's livestream.co.nz and the code again for 15% discount, DOM15. All right, let's get the show on the road. Hey, runners only, yeah, yeah, let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is Runners Only with Dom Harley. Fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. This is Runners Only, yeah, yeah let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is Runners Only with Dom Harley. Fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, Runners Only with Dom Harley. Runners only with Dom Harvey and Cam Calcoon. G'day, mate. Get get in nice and close. Awesome. Great to be here. Nice and close to that microphone. Um, This is um, Cam Calcoon. Uh, He's won gold medals for the 100 metres and 200 metres. Yeah, for New Zealand, Australia, all over the world, man. Yeah. uh, And, you know, I feel like a bit of a fake being here today because I'm looking at all the other people... You've interviewed and we're all current runners and they love it and they're into it and 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 I actually didn't love running. But if it Get was, out. I'm sorry, but 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 this is why. Yeah. This is what I love about it. If it wasn't for running, I wouldn't be here today. How do you mean you wouldn't be I, here today? I wouldn't be as strong as I am. I wouldn't be as as strong mentally, physically, socially and and I may have even, like, life as a teenager got pretty hard, mm. and I needed an escape, and running became that escape. Mm. Gives so, me goosebumps just so, thinking about you know, it. Mate, I've got goosebumps like, hearing you say that, but how can you say 
you don't like running when you know on the flip side it's given you so much good shit. Yeah. So I, 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 I guess it's, I don't like what, why, why I said I don't like it is because there's so many people who could benefit from it, but they aren't going to get up at five o'clock in the morning when it's raining and put on their shoes. That's the bit you don't like. But what you love is when you train and you get stronger and fitter and all of a sudden, so I was a sprinter and you're flying and that's what I love. Yeah, I just wanted to give you a little a little sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the bit for Instagram. Yeah. That's the bit for TikTok. Yeah. yeah, listen, there's so much to discuss with you. Um, you're born with cerebral palsy climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, becoming one of the most in-demand public speakers in New Zealand. And there's so much that we're going to get to in the next hour. I know. Um, I'm excited, but I'm like, man, it's going to go so fast. It's just um, such a pleasure to have you here. It really is. Some friends of mine, Nick and Jackie, they're like, we've heard this guy speak. You've got to get him on your podcast. He's inspo. Thank you, Thank you, Jackie. So so you're... I may ask some dumb questions about cerebral palsy. Um, Go for it. You've got to excuse me because I, I know very little about it, but I really want to learn. That's how we create awareness. Okay. You know? And okay. I think the biggest fear for people is that they don't ask questions mm. and they make assumptions. And when they make assumptions, they make an ass out of you and I. <laughs> I, I yeah, yeah. And, we and, literally do. And when we tell a story, this is why this is so powerful. Yeah. Because when we hear someone's story, we eliminate that assumption and then we bend perception. So, mm. so go for it. Yeah, okay, so, so you, you're, you're born with cerebral palsy. What, what does it mean exactly and how does it, how does it happen? So um, it happened at birth. So as a baby in my mum's tummy, it was G, and then something went wrong during birth and I lost a bit of oxygen shit to the brain. So it is a brain injury. But my thinking and my articulation... It's fine, but what it affects is the way in which messages travel around my body. So my voice, as you can hear, is a little bit shaky. My limbs are a little bit shaky. But what you see is what you get. Right, so so in, in your brain, it, everything's perfectly normal. Everything's functioning perfectly well, but just s- something in between that brain messaging to what comes out Something gets lost. It's better than normal, man. It's awesome. Like, seriously, <laughs> well, it's your superpower. If, if, I, if I could take this away, like it's the most fascinating thing to live with because right now I'm shaking, but this isn't part of a civil problem. Well, it is. But I often wonder, I often wonder this. If people never told me I had civil palsy, how would I be? You know? And it's that thing of... When you're on your mountain bike and you look at the root of a tree, you're going to hit the root of a tree. Mm, mm, Because it's what you're focusing on. It's what you're focusing on. So I'm aware someone's meeting me for the first time and I'm trying to control myself. But I feel myself being way more shaky here than normal. But as this conversation goes on, I'll relax, I'll warm up. And that's the thing, my cerebral palsy can't get worse and running, which is what I do love right. about running, made me stronger. So, was it um, was it with the cerebral palsy? Was it difficult you, for you to run because um, of your motor skills or anything, or your balance? Or yep, yep, <laughs> that's which made the hundred meters hugely exciting. 
Because I may not have got to the end of the 100 metres. Oh, no, come on. Seriously. Really? Seriously, the amount of times where I'm sure the whole audience would be holding their breath. I, I had some pretty gnarly falls. Out. And this is what was fascinating. There would be people arriving at the race, walking up on crutches and running the 100 metres in 12-something. Mm. Because what you have got is you've got fast twitching fibers. Yeah, right. But sagginess just wants to boom, mm. just wants to explode. But you've got to then connect all the dots of the foot goes, the arm goes, keeping your balance. And that's why I loved it because you'd finish that, finish that race. Mm. And you've not just physically gone hard, you've mentally had to. Yeah. So with cerebral palsy, does it take more physical exertion for you to for you to walk and for you to run and for do things like that than a, someone that doesn't have cerebral palsy? I don't know because oh. I've never not had it. Yeah. yeah. You know. Sorry, I said there was going to no, be dumb no, questions. No, but it's not a dumb question because I actually don't know. Mm. Like I actually wake up and I'm like, do I actually have? Because I'm just camp. Right, mm. and that's what running was so good for because all my training mates just saw camp, and then eventually all the kids at school saw camp the athlete, and that's who I always wanted to be. I never wanted to be defined by what I can't do. Mm. I wanted to find what I can do, and be with the best in the world. Man, that's such a good attitude. So. Okay, so, so you're born, you've got cerebral palsy. When, when do you, is there a moment where you first realise that you're different to some of the other kids? No. No? But, so, we, so I'm born with cerebral palsy. We grew up in Napier. I did the egg and spoon race. I, I did the egg and spoon race, but my dad, at the beginning of the egg and spoon race, Cam, over here. So I walk over to dad, and dad says, my boy. You can be whatever you want to be in this world. And if you want to win today, just believe you can. And with that, he spat out a piece of chewing gum, <laughs> stuck it on the spoon, yeah, and said good yeah. luck. So that's when I, I first, I guess, started running. Yeah. And I realised if I got rid of the egg and spoon, I love just running in straight lines. Now, I heard you um, tell that joke on a, a TED Talk that you did. I yeah, saw that cool, on YouTube. Cool. It's a great speech. Is, is that a true story or is yeah, that a joke? 100%. That's a, yeah, that's just actually, you actually had yeah, the chewing gum. Yeah. Why wouldn't you go with, surely like Blue Tech would be more effective. Or? I, I guess he was, <laughs> like he would have been in his mid-20s then. That's, that's the coolest thing. He's turned up and he's watching his son and he, he's probably not, because... He's probably not really thinking of it until he's there. Right. And he's like, well, what have I got? Well, how can I help my boy? Here's some chewing gum. Yeah. Well, so yeah. that is true because I saw, I saw that on the TED Talk. I thought, oh, that's just a shtick. That's a, that's a joke that he's written for the speech. No, no. Oh, that's the coolest thing. Yeah. So, you, you, so you, you, as part of how you are now, do you think, because of the way your parents raised you? I, th- I mean, I get asked that question heaps, and I think it's a real chicken and the egg scenario, you know, like... You have people that go to the same school and go different ways. You have families and their children are completely different. So I think one was I had a deep desire to f- fulfill my my creativity yeah. in my head. And then in the early days, I had family who didn't get in the way of it. 
So if I wanted to play football, they'd go out and buy my uniform. If right. I wanted to play cricket, they'd say, Cam, every other person is training two days a week. If you want to play, you have to train four days a week. Right, because of the cerebral poison, yeah. you just have to work that much harder. Yeah. Right. So that I can be as competitive as everyone else. Right. And then as we got older, the balls got bigger. <laughs> no, <laughs> but okay, no, 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 keep it clean, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, if, you know, the cricket got harder. Yeah, yeah. The, the boys got faster. Yeah. Everyone got stronger. I'm moving from Hawke's Bay to Auckland, so all the kids have grown up with are no longer there. And there was a stage when I was at high school, first year of high school, and I looked out and... I didn't see people who walked or taught like me. Mm. And I, I did wonder, you know, what would my life be like? What, what can I do? You know, being a teenager is hard That's anyway. so sad. And then you've had this. And so I didn't have a great year. And When was this? This was your third form year. This is third form. Year eight or whatever, yeah. Third form. Jeremy Wells, actually, who I heard your interview the yeah, other day, yeah. he helped me in a big way. Did he? Yeah. How do you know Jeremy? Um, through Havoc. Right. Oh, Havoc, yeah. Through the show. Havoc and Newsboy right. back in the day. So How would, did Jeremy I help would, you? I would watch that show. It was the only thing that made me smile. It was the only thing that made me laugh. And my mum wrote a letter to Jeremy. I don't know what she wrote in that letter, but he wrote back. He wrote back. He wrote back a, a two-page letter, and in that letter, he had the words: "Difference is a good thing." Mm. People who count in this world look for those who are different, and and I still have that letter stuck up on my wall. I see it when I wake up. I see it when I go to sleep, and I look at Jeremy now, and I go, "Man, those are words to live by." So, how old is this letter? What is it, like 20 years old? Yeah. You've still got, does he know this? Have you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when did you last see him and tell him? Uh, so I've been hearing that story quite a bit as yeah. a speaker. Yeah, right. Oh, so and it's got back to him. I thought it would have, mm. and it may well, but I remember doing one speech, and I was like, I need to reach out to him. And so I jumped on Facebook. <laughs> Who knows Jeremy Wells? And... Uh, a day later, we were meeting up at the Ponchmi Road Food Court and having a good chat. Wow, that's an incredible story. Isn't it amazing? just goes to show, like, if you take the time to do something like that, just what an impact it can have. Small words inspire big Yeah, energy. yeah. And that's why I do what I do as a speaker, because you just don't know where those words are going to go. What impact? He might be out running now. He does a breakfast show on Radio Holdeke, yeah. then he goes for a run most mornings. Feel like we're on live radio now. <laughs> and you, uh, this you is pick Jeremy up his phone, you'll get $50,000. But please leave your name and number after the beat, and I'll endeavor to get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. See you. Hey, Jeremy, it's Dom here. I'm just recording a podcast, and um, a story just came up about you. Um, a really nice story, actually, gave me, gave me goosebumps. Hey, Jeremy, it's Cam Calcoon here, uh, just sharing what you did as a teenager. Well, when I was a teenager, and thank you, have a good run. One of his good mates actually came up, Kilimanjaro, with me as well. So, uh, you know, the world, everyone's connected in some way. Yeah, so the, um, 
Yeah, the, the Mount Kilimanjaro thing, we've got to get to that we'll as well. We'll get there at some point. I mean, there's just like, no, there's, there's no limits. I feel like that's the way you live your life. Like, if you put your mind to something, you will just do it, even though yeah. it's um, harder for you. Like you said before about the cricket. Yeah. And how you, so the, how, how did the cricket go? Did you have to tap out of sports like that when you got to a certain age? No, when, when yeah, the, yeah, I did. When the kids got... But at primary school, it was unreal. Like, yeah. I remember primary school, and I was allowed to bowl from halfway because I didn't have the strength to do that. Oh. But kids... But but it was it was normal. Like I never like the competition never gave me a hard time, and I'm so glad I grew up when I grew up. You know, I'm so glad I grew up in a world that wasn't too PC. I'm so glad mm. I grew up in a world that you know he's going to bowl from halfway because he can't throw the whole way. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so you, you, so you were never, did you ever experience any sort of bullying or anyone? No, no? I, was no. The, oh, that's I was the biggest bully to myself during, you know, when I was talking about that third, year, third form year. Yeah. And I said yeah. I was the biggest bully because I turned up to school, but I wasn't really turning up, you know. I wasn't stepping outside my comfort zone. And whenever you're a little bit different, it's your responsibility to build that connection with people. Mm. It's your responsibility to say, this is why I walk like I do. This is why I talk like I do. But you know what? I enjoy being a good athlete. I enjoy skateboarding. I enjoy riding a bike. I enjoy skiing. And now that's what we connect on. Yeah. You know, Cindy Lauper. Show your true colors. (laughs) But it's true, right? It's true. That is very true. We I have mean, way more in common yeah, than yeah. what makes us different. I am. Um, I'm honestly. I'm so pleased to hear that you were ne- you were never a victim of bullying or anything. Because kids can be. I, I suppose, especially like in single figures, kids can be particularly cruel with things they don't understand. Yeah, but I now speak. I speak at schools, right? And yes. I see those kids, and they. They, they, they see me walk in and they're snickling and, they're, you know, tapping their mate on his shoulder and cracking up. And by the end of the talk, there are kids who come up and say, Cam, thank you, and I wish I could do what you do when I'm your age. And, all, and what that's taken is storytelling. Mm. It's taking speech, it's taking words. And when we withdraw our stories, when we don't speak, that's when, you know, I've said it before, that's when you make assumption. Yeah. When did you when did you decide what did you want to do when you were little, like at primary school intermediate? And when did you decide you wanted to do what you're doing now? Which is having a huge impact. Yeah. I wanted to travel, I wanted to entertain, I wanted to connect with people. I didn't know what that looked like. And that's why I did what I did, because whenever an opportunity came up, I said to myself, would this enable me to travel? Would this enable me to entertain? And so when running came up, I knew that if I could get to the top level, I'd be able to go all over the world. Mm. So why, why running? What, what, grav- what made you gravitate towards that? Is it just something that, is it, is it something that you could do because it wasn't a team sport, or did you have like some sort of natural talent? Um. Right, running, uh, because you've got a really cool jacket at high school. Because <laughs> for me, for me, I um, <laughs> I uh, gravitated towards running because um, I, uh, 
I don't have cerebral palsy, but I um I was shit at team sports, and I yeah. I, I I felt the pressure of letting team members down yeah. in other sports, like just dropping a catch or whatever, and you could totally. feel you'd feel the bowler getting mad at you or getting out yeah. for a duck, and you walk back, and you you know whatever it happened to be. Yeah. So I thought running, I'm only letting myself down. Was, yeah. but there was no cool jacket for me though. So I, I wanted to be that full. Um, I want. I, I didn't want to let a team down either. Yeah. Right. And I. But I also wanted to be in full control of my success. I wanted to own that. Yes. I. I didn't want to do physio. And when I looked at running, all the things that made you a good runner is what I needed to do when I was at the hospital. Yeah. Being stretched out for my cerebral palsy. I was also at Rangitoto College. Is the school I moved on to after that Bert Badger in third form. And in my class was a guy called Terenzo Bazzoni. Oh, yeah, I know Terenzo, yeah. Yep. He's one of the world's, world's greatest Iron men. Yeah, yeah. So right. we, were, we were best mates at high school. And the school, uh, school athletics day was coming up. And that bit of paper was coming around. was coming around to put our name down for the school athletics day. And it stopped on my desk. And I really wanted to put down my name. But inside my head was that little voice that we always hear. What will people think? What will people say? You mm. walk funny. You run funny. You haven't run competitively. And Terenzo said, just put your name down for the 100 metres. And um, that's what I did. And T then became my first coach. And I remember he came running up my driveway. I was he, was, he was the same age as you, 14 years. Yeah, yeah right. Was he, was, he, he, was, he, was, he, was he a really good athlete he at that age? Man. Yeah, he was okay. a man. Like, okay. I think he was doing his giraffe lines yeah. at that point. Yeah. And he was like, he was just was Italian god. <laughs> hey, he, just, he just came running up. We had quite a steep driveway. And he came running up and um, he said, Cam, we're going to go training. And I was like, cool, okay. So he came running down the driveway, thought his parents would be there in the car. They weren't. So we ran to the end of the cul-de-sac. Still no car. We were running the whole way to the track. <laughs> and as he's running up the hill, he's asking me about the weekend and I'm just focusing on my breathing and trying to survive. <laughs> and um, at that point, I decided, you do long distance. I'll stick to the 100 and <laughs> I looked to train with the best athletes that New Zealand had. I had people like uh, Sir Peter Snell supporting me. I Peter Snell, by the way, I, I don't want to patronise anyone, but um, they're probably New Zealand's greatest Olympian ever. Yeah, yeah. Was he a triple gold medalist? Triple gold medalist. Yeah. And how, did you, how did you meet Snell? So he set up an event, a um, uh, athletes program called the Peter Snell Institute of Sport. Yeah. Uh, Valerie Adams, Terenzo Bazzoni, myself, we were the first three athletes that they had. And when you're surrounded by those sort of people, you know, you start to just go, man, that doesn't matter. I am with who I want to be. I am building that dream. I have taken full control of how I want to be perceived, who I want to be perceived by. And there's a reason why those people have become as good as they have because they don't let the perception of the unknown get in the way, right? Yeah. They ask questions. Everyone I know, I've met business people, athletes, they are the people that look for what we can do. 
Yeah. And that's why they get to where they get to in life. And when we do that, we get to where we want to get to. It may take longer. There may be more processes. But it's a journey. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. And you mentioned before that you were sponsored by Toyota. So this might be another dumb question, and I do apologise. But so you, 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 you drive yourself? Awesome, eh? Yeah. Totally awesome. Did a burnout in my driving <laughs> test? Not, not in his uh, sponsor's vehicle. That no, was no. A, so, and that was the other thing, like learning to drive. Right. And I was like, I want to drive a manual because all my mates were into surfing, skateboarding, real gnarly stuff, you know, at, at high school. And I thought, if anything goes wrong, I want to be, a, and if I'm the only one that can drive, mm. I don't want to be like, dude, I can't, you know. I got lazy and I just went for an auto. Or when I have a kid one day and they're like, Dad, can I learn how to drive? I want to be like, yeah, I'll teach you. I mean, I'll probably be in the driver's car now. But, you know, oh, I yeah. just, that was what I taught myself. Because in, in a few years past and a cool opportunity came up to become an ambassador for Toyota New Zealand and it's been a 10, 11-year partnership now and... You know, we've gone through journeys of believe and start your impossible and, you know, that's what I'm all about. And I'm speaking in front of, you know, 100,000 people a year mm. about awesomeness and being the yeah. best that you can be. Oh, it's a great, it's a great so relationship. It's a great, great relationship. And um, so, the, so the, the, the public speaking thing, which you've done, you've done so many talks, like hundreds, maybe even thousands of talks. How, was that something that you thought, I'm going to do this or did you sort of fall into it? How did that come about? Same thing with, um, you know, travel, entertaining and connecting. Yeah. I got to a place in my sport where I was like, this is cool, I've, I've achieved some awesome stuff, but I never wanted my competition in life to be determined by the abilities of my cerebral palsy, yeah. rather governed by who I am as a human being. Mm. And I wanted, I wanted success on all level. I wanted... Financial independence. I wanted. I wanted. I wanted to be someone that could offer something to the whole world. And as an athlete, I was always competing against the same top twelve in the world, and this created my opportunities. Yeah. And so I, I was asked to give a speech, and I was like, "No way, man! Like, have you heard me? Like." I'm terrified of speaking. I told myself that I couldn't do it, but I practiced my speech. I went into preparing my speech as if I was preparing for a race. Right. Because I knew, if I knew what I was going to say, if I could be articulate, if I knew I could give half an hour of wisdom and motivation and inspiration and entertainment to all the people in the audience, I had nothing to worry about. Mm. And uh, I was at Westlake Girls High School, and I was fresh out of high school myself, and I sneezed. <laughs> Half over my speech. <laughs> I sneezed everywhere. And it was not like, it was like a, a scene from uh. Ghostbusters, right? And my, manage, my manager came up to me at the time, and he didn't give me a hanger, he didn't give me a tissue, he gave me his very own shirt for me to buy my nose on. And that's what I that? did, but we survived it. We, we turned it into a story. Yeah. And, 
and it's gone all over the world now. Right. So, because um, for most people, um, public speaking is their, their worst fear. Yeah. It's been proven in surveys. Yeah. So for you, I guess you had the fear of public speaking, but also coupled with the fact that knowing you, your, your voice is different. Perception of my voice. Yeah. But, yeah. but you know what I had to So what I did do is when instead of looking, I remember watching an interview with Michael Schumacher. And, he, you know, when he was racing and, and going, wow, if a guy with a really thick accent can can get the respect that he's got, maybe I just look at my, <laughs> just you like know, accent, just yeah. like an accent. Yeah. So now when I speak all over the world, they just think this is the Kiwi accent, yeah. right? <laughs> sorry, guys, sorry, guys. Well, I mean, you're not difficult to understand at all. I've worked hard on it. Have you? I've worked Have hard. You, how do you work hard on that? Have you, like a speech therapist or...? Um, by being a professional speaker. Yeah. Seriously, because this is the dream, this is the goal. And I visit some show by breathing, by yep, speech therapy, but really when you're doing 100-plus speeches a year, you start to master your own voice. Mm. You start to work out that I know I've got something that the world likes and enjoys, so how do I package that up? How do, and it's just about ownership. It yeah. really is going, I'm going to view it as an, as an accent rather than an <laughs> impediment. And as soon as you do that, you see the opportunities. Man, there's so many good lessons in here, so many good lessons. So, 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 so when you speak, do you, you have to work harder with your mouth muscles to articulate your words. Is that sort of what you're saying by working on it? Um, no, just by working, just in, yeah. as in over the years. Right, Of yeah. doing it more, of working out how to open my mouth, of doing exercises on the way here in the car. You right, know, um, right. And nothing, nothing tedious, nothing that a professional voice user wouldn't do, you know, as um, you just become aware of your body. Yeah, I suppose it's like um, like you'd warm up for a 100-metre sprint or a 200-metre sprint, or else you're going to pull a hamstring. Totally. I guess it's, yeah. totally. It's the same thing. If you, if you want to be the best that you can be in this world, you need to do that behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm. You need to go, oh, okay, I've told myself I'm going to be an athlete. It does mean starting to get up, to run, to feel like you're pounding the pavement and it's heavy, and but you get to that point where you're flying, where you're light, where... You see your time changing. Yeah. So the Mount Kilimanjaro thing, how, first of all, uh, where is Mount Kilimanjaro and how high is it? Uh, so Mount Kilimanjaro is the tallest freestanding mountain in the world. So it's a bit like Mount Wirupayu, as in it's not part of a huge range. It just yeah. pops out of um, Tanzania. And uh, I, you know, the song... By um, Toto. Oh, Africa. Africa. So if you've heard that song, you know Mount Kilimanjaro. And, uh, yeah, we, we heard you sing Cindy Lauper before. Please yeah, don't sing yeah, it. Yeah, okay, okay. I'll leave that for the pros. You, yeah, know? you, you didn't practice that in the car on the way somewhere, There's some places where the accent just doesn't cause doesn't over. <laughs> so did you get asked if you wanted to do that or did you just decide yourself, I think I want to climb a bloody big mountain? Again, it's good people in your life. So, mm. Mike Allsop, have you ever come across? Oh, yeah, I know Mike Allsop. He's yeah, a yeah. New Zealand pilot. He's written a couple of books. He's climbed mountains, yeah. <laughs> mountains, yeah. he's climbed Mount Everest. And yeah. um, we caught up. I've known Mike for a few years as a speaker. And he said, Cam, have you ever thought about climbing Mount Kilimanjaro? Tallest freestanding mountain in the world. I was like, no. <laughs> no way, man. And then we spoke and... 
Um, I realized the reasons for saying yes were way more. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. More awesome when perceptions were saying no. Because that's what gets in our way, right? The perceptions. I've never done it before. And so 20 minutes later, I made my deposit. <laughs> and then oh, I, shit. That I, quickly. Yep. Well, yeah. you, you, you said the reasons for saying yes were more than the reasons for saying no. It doesn't sound like you put a huge amount of thought into it. <laughs> no, but, so, so, but, but, but when someone says, do you want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro? Man, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to say, I've stood on top of a massive mountain. Yeah. And it's like... Those are the exciting things, but what we start to think about is, I'm not a mountain climber. Mm. I need to take time off work. What will the training look like? What will the eating look like? And we start to focus on those things, but we actually don't know what they will look like. Yeah. But we really, those get in place of that amazing feeling of standing on the top of Africa. Yeah. So how high is that and mountain? And so it's 19,000 feet. 19,000 feet. So what's that? That's like um, six kilometres high. Yeah. Just over six kilometres yeah. high. So how, how long does it take you? So it's a five-day journey up, right. and you're doing it because of the, the altitude sickness is gnarly. Is it, yeah, can you describe, can you describe that? Because most of us have probably never experienced it. Because you do. You go, you know, six kilometres, it's, it's not far, but at nine, so 13,000 feet is when it kicked in for me. And all of a sudden, my head boom, was just getting like squashed. It felt like an, a peanut had been squashed by an elephant. My lungs were just exploding like grapes. Boom, boom, boom. And then you stop thinking about drinking. That was the, that was for me, when I look back, I just stopped drinking. Yeah. And then the next minute, blah, you're just vomiting. For like six hours. And this was a day where you go up and then you come back down because that's how you acclimatise. So yes. with altitude sickness, as soon as you start coming down, you start to feel better. But it blows people up. Like mm. we see 25, 27 helicopters. <laughs> Hang on, that's my door. I'll just open the, the door from you. 27 helicopters, what, rescuing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Taking, taking people off. Just a dog walking past. Yeah, yeah so 27, so that's how bad it was. Yeah. 27 helicopters a day taking people off. And what they'd be doing is they'd be going too fast. They'd be going too fast. They'd be fit, 
But as people are going, this is an easy climb, I'm just going to run up and I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen to my guide who does this 150 times a year. Yeah. You know, I'm better than that person. You're not. So when they tell you to go slow, and when you start a walk, you're walking slower than slow. Like, it's painfully slow, but that's what you need to do because when you get there, you know, that final climb on the final night, it took, we left at 11 p.m., and we got in at 6 a.m., so it was at seven hours. So you walk through the night? Climbing, yeah. Have you got, like, a head torch on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's minus five degrees. Right. It's cold. It's what? not what you think Africa is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> what, why is is it done that way so you can see the sunrise from the summit, or is it so once you're up there you can get back down in daylight? No, I, the... I asked. I asked the. Um, I asked the guide. I was like, "Why? Why do we do every other part during the day and we do this part at night time?" He said, "Well, if you saw what you were, if you had to see what you were going to see, you wouldn't want to do it." He said, this is the steepest bit of the climb right. you will have ever seen. And then it's for those other two reasons. Because you want to see the sunset, but you also, you've got to come back down. Right. And do you know what? But coming back down has become the most significant part of the climb. Because of so? where we are now as a world, going through these COVID times and having changes. Because when you're going up, like when you're preparing to climb Kilimanjaro, all your you, you get to the top and you've just released your biggest release of adrenaline, mm. right? All your visualization has been about how do I get to the pinnacle, and and you're way more wobbly, way more thirsty, way more hungry coming down, but you've got to come down, and the reason in which you come down is you have to come down in order to tell the story. Yeah. And so often in life, life isn't always going up. We're coming down so many times in life. We're coming down from being professional athletes or out of relationships or with health and wealth, and we need to be able to ask ourselves, how do we tell that story? Yeah, I love how how you can find like a metaphor or a message and everything like that. It's the other region in which I climbed Kilimanjaro. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I need to click, keep fueling up my my content. Yeah. Also, I suppose another thing is um, when you get to the top of a mountain, it's only job half done, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. But it, but 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 it's amazing how little thinking before it went into how do you come down. Yeah. You know, because you were so focused on getting to the top. Yeah. So we got to the top and our drink bottles were like tanked out, our food, it really was. Because you're like, I've just, you know, the night before, you go, I'm going to eat all I can to get to the top. To fuel up, yeah. To fuel up. So do, do you need oxygen at that height or no? no you're okay no. without the oxygen? They have it yeah. in yeah. case. And you are uh, doing um, tricks on to like look at your blood and okay. see your levels in your blood. So it's quite a quite a professional setup. Yeah. Um, and coming down because the top is like Mount Rupayu, or if you've climbed, um, um, what's the you know um, the crossing Tongariro, oh, yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of scoria, you mm-hmm. know. So it's that kind of thing in the last eight hours, and that's why it takes so long because it's two steps up, one step back. Yeah. You're just sliding and it's cold but it was beautiful i've never been so close to the moon and the stars and when you get to the top because it's so vast you know you're really seeing 
that part of the world's still in dark and this part of the world's still light. Yeah, how good. You know, that's cool. How good. Yeah. And um, speaking of the, the metaphor you used before about, you know, like mountains like life, you have your ups, you have your downs. How's, yeah. how's your mental health been? I know you, you touched upon um, your first year in high school and how yeah. you, were the, you were the biggest bully on yourself. Is it generally good? Yeah, yeah generally. Yeah. Generally is yeah. awesome. And, and that's why I do what I do. I, I have our, I, I have our breaks every now and then, but um, generally, as in like where just life gets too much and you overwhelm yourself, and then I realise just because I've not done a spin class for a while or I've not been for a gym, and um, a few years ago had a bit of a scary moment, and the best discovery I had was... How does how does my action or reaction to whatever's going on now impact on my dream? Yeah, can you elaborate on that? Uh, so I was at the beginning of my speaking career, yeah. and uh, service is going on. You know, it's not it's just stuff. And I as I remember, I uh, I walked out in front of a car, and I thought to myself, "Man, you've just been talking to his." You know, people about living your most awesome life. Imagine if someone was in that car, and um, and how would that impact the dream? Yeah. And if if it had. Oh, wait a minute. So you walked in front of a car, not deliberately. Yeah, deliberately. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, did you want to be hit by the car? Yeah, I just oh. thought like this Were was you? too gnarly, too much, and you know, I just you know that emotion. When that emotion goes on in your head and you feel like a raging bull and you do stuff that you that's not characteristic to you, mm. I was going through one of those moments and 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 I did. I walked out in front of a car and that car fortunately didn't hit me. So did they? Did they swerve? They slammed the brakes on? How they did you? They swerved. It was. Yeah. It was. I think the whole thing was going a lot slower. But this is in my early twenties, yeah. right? And. Of just thinking, I'm going through a transition of do I want to be an athlete anymore? Is my identity as an athlete because everyone in my life is an athlete? All my sponsors are as athletes. I've told the whole world that I'm not going to stop until I'm the best in the world and no longer do I want to do that dream. So what does that mean? Does that mean I'm a failure? Does that mean that no one's ever going to take me seriously yeah. because you spoke about this dream and this, I don't feel these people I can talk to? So I've got one option left right now in that moment of fury at 2 a.m. in the morning when you're shouldn't be up anyway. And it was. It was walking. And, 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 and fortunately, I was given the opportunity to think about how would have my action that night affected or impacted on my dream. And it would have destroyed it, and hopefully talking about it now yeah. doesn't destroy it. But yeah, no. I um, yeah, I know you you weren't in a fit place to be thinking about this at the time, but also the impact on the driver of that car. Does it? The impact <sighs> on everything, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, you shared the story before. No. Um, um, I, 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 Thank you very much for sharing out. I really appreciate that, and I'm, I'm pleased it was unsuccessful. Me too. And, and yeah. maybe I share it now because, man, it's been a tough two years for a lot of people. Eh? The last couple with the but pandemic, the pandemic. Oh, 100%. It's been tough. Yeah. And it's, brought, it's bringing out 
monsters and people it's bringing out fortune people that aren't normal you know people are living people talk about a you know 20 percent drop in income there's people Mm. that are on like a 90 to 100 percent drop on income and that's the reality and and there are opportunities for that that little demon who's never normally there to pop in and you've just got to look at the bigger picture and that's why as a speaker I speak about Dream Big Achieve More because it was that desire of travelling and entertaining and connecting. It was believing that I could bring something awesome to this world that as a teenager and in the early 20s enabled me to stay focused on that. Yeah. You know, that was the light and sometimes all you need is that tiny bit of light and then you get a letter from someone like Jeremy you go to a good school and all, and you get surrounded by great athletes and then one of the greatest athletes of all times decides mm. to support you and all of a sudden that starts coming together and people say, you've done awesome as an athlete, can you come and speak about it? And your first perception is to say no, but that was also the first idea of saying no to Kilimanjaro and you do it and you say yes. And you change your life. What so even um, take away the cerebral palsy? Do you think part of that's like imposter syndrome? Do you know what I mean? Like fake it till you make it. Kind of in a way, imposter. Well, do you imposter know much? syndrome? Yeah. As in, I'm not this person. Should I shouldn't be here? Like it's some, oh, something okay. I've experienced over the years. So imagine, imagine you're you make the All Blacks and you turn up to training and you look around and you're like, oh shit, all oh, these Bowden Barrett, all oh, oh. these Kieran, these Richie, the, whoever, and you're like, I'm not good enough to be here. Yeah. But maybe, clearly, if you're in that fold, you are good enough to be there. Imagine stepping out. Yeah, but but it happens when you step out in front of 2,000 people on a mm. stage and you yeah. go, oh. But you tell yourself that you, you you have to turn up. And I remember a coach of mine saying, Cam, just, you know, turn up. Turn up. Be you. Let it out. Don't hold stuff back. Don't let stuff get in the way and you'll be the best that you can be. Yeah. That's a great message. Have you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy, or have you ever done stand-up comedy? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it. I was, we were going to move to LA in 2020 to really, you know, build up the speaking dream, mm. and I had some big events lined up, but I was going to have to hustle. Mm. And one of the things I've thought about was like just going into like an open mic night yeah. in LA. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get there, but we will get there. Mm. Yeah, you should try it. Yeah, yeah, just a few jokes, yeah. like the, the even though it's a true story, the one about the chewing gum, yeah. the egg and spoon race, yeah. a couple of other jokes, you'd be away laughing. There's a few, there's yeah. a few. Yeah, probably, okay. I, I don't think stand-up comedy pays the bills the way um, the way inspirational and motivational speaking does, but it could be a fun thing to do. It's a fun thing, and, and, and the thing is, it's, it's saying yes to stuff, eh? Hey? Yeah. And it's learning, we're always learning about ourselves. It's like when you're at the gym and... You're doing something and it's incredibly uncomfortable or awkward, you know, like bear crawls, you know, when you're doing it for the first few times and then you get into it and you do it because it doesn't matter what anyone thinks of you at the gym. What matters is your quality of life. Yeah. And you do what you can in places like the gym to not be the most amazing person there. You do what you do there to be the most amazing person that you can be in life. Mm. And when you start to realise that if I work a little bit hard, I will get stronger. If I go out more, I will get faster. 
imagine if I transferred that into other parts of my life. Yeah. And then you start to work on personas of who you are so that you don't, you know, I remember at the beginning of my dream is, of my speeches used to say, I don't just have one dream, I have a hundred dreams. Mm. Like, we have so much more potential in us to achieve so much more than we currently know. Yeah. But it's easy to put ourselves into, oh, I'm I'm that athlete or I'm the speaker. And we stop thinking, well, whatever got us to be the best that we could be here, if we put that into another part of our life, Imagine what the result could be there. Yeah, absolutely. It's about putting that effort in, eh? Yeah. In the work. And the example you gave before about uh, the gym and worrying about other people looking and other people thinking, the funny thing is, as soon as you realise everyone is self-conscious and people aren't that interested in you, <laughs> they're interested in what everyone else is thinking yeah. about them, the totally. more you can get that out of your, out of your mindset and just yeah. move on with it. It was only this year that I started um, doing classes at these mills because I've been... You know, saying that whole thing of, oh, you're... It was the best thing ever, getting into doing classes mm. at the gym. Like, it was awesome. It was competitive. It was as in, in your own head. But you really quickly realised, people on the treadmill don't don't care. <laughs> no one they cares. They're, care. all, they're all worried about their own shit. Yeah. They're all worried about people staring at them and how they're looking. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd be, uh, I'd imagine you'd be a, in environments like that where you may be anxious to go in. I'd imagine you'd, I mean, you're a, you're a good looking charismatic guy. I'd imagine you'd be, you're quite popular wherever you, whatever space you go into, whatever room you enter. Uh, yeah. Thanks for saying that because that's really how I see, that's how, the, you know, that's it, that, so that's how that's how that's how you see yourself. Yeah. So, so is what you were saying that um, the way you see yourself is in a way how the world sees you. I I really think so. Yeah. I really yeah. think so. And uh, it may not be how the petrol pump attendee sees me, but I don't know. It may be. <laughs> it may be. But but as soon as you've got yeah. that ability to to build some rapport with someone. You know, I'm sure, like, I've, I, I know I've had some people and they go, oh, what do you do as a job? And I say, oh, I'm professional speaking. And they look at me like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> oh, like it's a joke. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. And, um, yeah, finally they could see the yeah, result che- of Check that. out my website, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Check this. Check out. Check out my TED Talk. Yeah. But you don't, you just you just learn, you know, and you're, you're always learning. And, yeah. And I'm always amazed when I hear other people's stories of the insecurities that they had. And you think, no way, why, you know, why would they have that? They're like awesome and we all work on stuff mm. and we've all got to, and yeah. Yeah. That's why this is cool. And how's, so how old are you now? You were born in 1984, what's yeah, that? so uh, 38 this year. 38, yeah. 38. Are you, are you are you married or is there a special someone so in your life? a special someone, so my partner Audrey, we've been together for three years and... um. Is it all going good? How did yeah. you meet? How did you meet? Uh, I was giving a speech. She's a school teacher, and I was speaking at her school. And uh, oh, yeah, she's pretty good looking. And then I uh, <laughs> we, we we went into each other's Instagram, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And then I was like, um, "Oh man, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to be professional," you know. <laughs> You can't get the reputation of like going into speeches and like picking up, you know, picking um, up audience yeah, members, picking up like, audience like groupies, yeah, and especially not at a school, right? Picking up the teachers, 
So uh, about two years later, we uh, started, or a year and a half later, we started sort of, you know, I, I think my first line to her was, how are your dreams going? And, uh, really? Why? Oh, because your, your, your whole me, message is dream. my whole message is right, dream, dream back. TV, yeah. so <laughs> I was keeping it professional and, yeah, yeah, and it's been awesome. Uh, did you try, try um, online dating apps or anything before that? Yeah, yep, yeah. I did, because I thought, hey, this is awesome, I don't need to um, worry about perceiving me as people as the drunk guy in the bar, you know, I get to, I get to, exp- exp- I get to, I get to communicate, mm. and that's what I do, you know, yeah. and then uh, I, um, and, and I had a, a few cool dates, and but was yeah, really glad that things worked out as they did because it was always my it was always my intention and my dream that I'd meet someone just in a way in which I was growing up knowing that's how you meet people. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So when you were on when you were on the dating apps before uh, before Audrey, did you did you would you have in your profile that you've got cerebral palsy, or would would that be something that uh, you, you bring up at the first meet? How does that come about? So the reason I asked that, I've got a mate of mine, Pete, who's um, oh, you might actually know him. He he, he was a Paralympian. He's in a wheelchair. He did some um, oh, skiing. Pete, Pete, Pete yeah. Williams. Yeah, Pete Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he his Tinder pictures is just like him from I guess like the waist up, and uh, it's then, a good looking waist up, though, right? <laughs> really, and, so. then, and then it had rolling up in his chair, and uh, yeah, I think I think he kind of liked liked the reaction and the shock factor. Yeah. So I, I I I wasn't as ballsy as Pete. I'd bring it up pretty yeah. pretty early, and um, it never it never it never got in the way. Yeah, in fact, it never did. Like I look back at school and I go, man, I wish I hadn't let it get in the way because, uh, you know, you wasted all those good opportunities uh-huh. or years. Or... Yeah, but but you you look at life and you learn from everything. And, yeah, and as a speaker, that's what makes life. So cool because I actually go through all the same things that a lot of people go through and um, I'm able to articulate it and tell my story but in a way that gets people thinking about their stories Mm. and when the two come together, that's when you start to get motivation and results. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're a very good communicator. Do Do you drink much? Do you, do you hit the piss? Uh, you, you mentioned before that, uh, like, some when you're at a bar, people think you're the drunk guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. The more I drink, the more normal I become. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a joke. No, no, no joke. Because you know how at the beginning, and you probably, you may even be seeing it now. The more we're spending together here, the more relaxed I'm becoming. I'm yeah, feeling yeah. it. I'm feeling it in my arms. And so, part of drinking, you know, until you get to a certain level, is. It's relaxing you, right? Yeah, right. I can't go at the beginning of a night and order a drink, but once I've had two or three, I can go and order a drink mm. and carry it home, no problem, because I've, I've, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not endorsing drinking, and I'm not a no, big drinker. No. But it is a, um, is an, is interesting from that perspective. Yeah, that but is I, interesting. I, I do now. I, I tend not to get out there and. Get on up, life. Up. Well, you got a girlfriend. I, I want to be yeah. able to get up and yeah. go to the gym in the morning. I want to be able to articulate my thoughts in terms of creating new speeches and the schedule around life is pretty, is pretty full on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's only we've all got the same amount of hours in a day, so it's up to us how we spend them, right? And, totally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's great. But you, you said you said you're not shaking much now, and you were shaking when you came in. Uh, hand on heart, didn't even didn't even notice it. I don't know when you said that. I don't know what you were talking about. What, really? do, what do you mean? It's not like a, is, is it can cerebral palsy be a, a little bit like Parkinson's in that respect? Like yeah. in terms, of, really? So could you really not see it? Not at all. No, because I could feel it. Like I felt like every fibre in my arm when I got here. Because that's why I didn't touch my drink bottle. I felt right. were like like I felt like it was real, like an earthquake. You know? Right. Really, didn't notice yeah. it at, at all. Really. At all. Yeah. It was fascinating. Yeah. It was fascinating because in my head I was telling myself we go singers and so I was feeling it more because I was like, but that's not who I am. Mm. Whereas right now I feel like, man, I've just totally warmed into it. Yeah, oh, it's been a great conversation. There's something I want to I want to ask, and you can you more more than welcome to say piss off, Dom, mind your own business. Yeah, yeah. Um, but your love life, how, yeah. how does that work with cerebral palsy? Oh, mate, you give a shake going and it's all go. <laughs> <laughs> so every, everything everything works. Yeah, it all works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, haven't got anything to compare it to, but yeah, <laughs> from what I know, it works really well. Yeah, you know, it's not good anyway. High five! High five! It's good fun. Hey, um, like, like I said at the beginning, life, life is, life is, life's better than normal. Mm. It's, it's awesome. That's why I carry it everywhere and. Yeah. Oh, you're an inspirational guy. So, what, what's next for you? I'm guessing the last couple of years have been tough with um, uh, limited speaking engagements due to the yeah. due to the pandemic. Um, yeah. you're you doing all right financially. You're keeping your head above water. It's amazing. Like, um, I is is way down on what I'm used to. But we bought a house last year. Bought my first house last year um, here in Auckland. And when you're able to do that in the middle of a pandemic, when you're not making what you're used to, like I'm not like I don't really know what I'm articulating there, but we're doing we're doing okay. But oh, you're doing yeah. If you've, but, if you've but, got a house in Auckland, you're but, doing sweet. But, it, but it's been hard. Yeah, it's been really hard, and it's been um, you know I we were set to move to the United States of America, so that's what we were prepared for. Um, we didn't have that, so I got everything that I had. We put it into our house, and the next day we went into lockdown, right? Mm. And every single speaker contract got screwed up. I my first con, my first phone call after just getting the house was to the mortgage guy or, or the bank of how can we make this work, right? Yeah. This was the greatest <sighs> adversity I'd faced, and and I thought it was going to be shit. Like I had visions of. Of um, you know, you're gonna have to leave your home, and then yeah, like a mortgage sale. Yeah, or yeah. like I like because my my 100 percent of my income is dependent on on my speaking, and that stopped. That stopped, and then I went out and I looked at the few people in the world who were doing really well in the online space. And I went out and I bought what they had. The, the bank wasn't happy. They said, don't spend any more money. I went out. I got what they did. What, what do you mean? What, what sort of equipment did you need to buy? Just like a, a great mic, a great camera, oh, okay. the mixing board. But oh, so you could do really Zooms quickly. and team meetings or whatever. Yeah, but, from, but, okay. but, so I bet you were able to create an experience. Yes. Because I couldn't afford, as a speaker, to just be looking like any other Zoom call that people were having every day. Like, yeah. it needed to stand out. Yeah. It needed to be at this really professional level. And so, 
um, and then what happened is I got that gear, I started learning how to use it, and then we were doing speeches in LA and like um, Sweden and London, and so, but and it's been enough to just keep that you know the mortgage ticking over. But yeah. I'm looking forward to to the world opening up because the world's needing this more than ever before, mm. right? So. It's, a, it's exciting too, and and I love the travel. I yeah. love getting on a plane. I love stepping in front of an audience of people, and no one knows who you are. But within a few minutes, you're connected and you're laughing and having a great old time. Yeah, yeah. Geez, that um the 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 mortgage thing, moving into your new house, and then all your engagements being cancelled straight away. That must have been a good test of um I don't know your your resilience or yeah. or what you talk about at your speeches because it's one of those variables that's completely out of your control. Yeah, and again, that's why we're being an inspirational speaker. It's probably saved me <laughs> so many times because I've gone. I've got this is. This is my place to practice what I preach, yeah, right? Yeah. I've got a few ways of looking at this, you know, and I'd I'd call up the mates who, who are incredibly successful and hear about what they had done, you know, and it's like, you know, um, do things your way, do things my way, you know, thanks Sinatra, but I won't sing you another song. But, <laughs> but you know, and, and, and that's what it is, that's what I've learned, that's what I've been inspired I've now got an even better story, a more relatable story, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do the most that that can help people. Yeah, mate, it's a hell of a story, and I appreciate you sharing it. Oh, I got one more one more potentially dumb question. Oh, it's cool. I'm not. I'm yeah, I, I appreciate your openness, and um, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the same position as what I am that have limited understanding about cerebral palsy. Yeah. Um, so you, your life expectancy, has that changed at all? Like with cerebral palsy? Like uh, I'm going to live to 200, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to live to 200 because I'm going to make sure of it. I'm going to keep fat. I'm going to keep healthy. I'm going to keep doing my exercise. I'm going to keep saying yes to stuff. I'm not going to let a pandemic get in the way of my dreams. I'm not, you know, I'm going to allow that thought to come into my mind of I'm going to lose my house and then I'm going to do everything in my control not to lose it because for me, that's the only option, and so if that does get me to 200, I'll know that I've created that myself. That is the answer I would have expected from a, a world-class motivational speaker. <laughs> well done. Cheers, guys. Well done. Awesome. Cam Calcoon, absolute legend, uh, runner, motivational speaker, and just all-round good human being. Thanks so much, man. Love Cheers, your work. Tom. Been a pleasure. Thanks very much for listening, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that. What a guy, eh? Cam Calcoon. Uh, can you do me a favour? Where you get your podcast from, uh, could you hit the follow button or the subscribe button? Um, I'm not sure exactly what it does, but I've heard people do it on other podcasts, so it must do something. Thanks again to Livestream, the sponsors of this week's episode. Remember to check out Livestream's Spirulina Blue Extra, which contains up to 50% more phycocyanin than standard spirulinas, giving you an extra boost of energy, stamina, stress support, and muscle recovery to support you in your running or your fitness journey. Head to livestream.co.nz and listeners get a 15% discount when you use my code DOM15. That's livestream.co.nz. All right. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.